Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And uh, become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. All right, well, uh, before we do get started, I do want to let you know Today's program is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners, and I especially uh, want to thank uh, Jennifer, Craig, Diane, Thomas, and Marie for their support. We'll send access to the premium site, as well as any appropriate extras uh, through our listener support campaign. Well, this is actually our last episode of the Casebook of Gregory Hood that features Gail Gordon. Uh, there are five more episodes with other actors, and we'll talk about that a little more next week. But uh, this is the last of ten. Uh, the audio is not in as good condition as the first nine, but I think you'll find it interesting and certainly worth listening for a surprise character cameo. So here now is the case book of Gregory Hood and the case Double Diamond. Tonight, the Petrie family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, invite you to listen to the story of the Double Diamond. Another exciting adventure from the Facebook of Gregory Hood. Sunday night in San Francisco, and we have a date with Gregory Hood and his good friend and attorney, Sanderson Taylor. Tonight, John DeVoe is down on the city's colorful waterfront. There, with a backdrop of the bobbing, brightly tinted sails of the fishing boat, lies that mecca of sea food, Fisherman's Wharf. And Markel! Oh, all right, evening, Mr. Taylor. Hello, Greg. Hello, Harry. Sit down and join us. We've just discussed in the minutes of Big Red Snapper, as compared to the popular songs of Fugitive. But I'll be guided by you, Greg. I know this is one of your favorite hangouts. Well, I think you go for the Snapper. They have a wonderful way of marinating the dish with lime juice, and icing it for several hours before cooking. Uh, look, Greg, while we're waiting to order, oh, uh, oh, Okay, Harry, I can see that Monday night look in your eyes. You want a story from the paper? Yes. Well, this particular adventure happened in February, lad. I had to go to New York to look over a collection of wonderful Goodland tapestries that had just arrived from Europe. Sandy was afraid he might miss some fun, so he decided to come with me. <laughs> Don't you believe it, Harry? I went along because I'm Greg's attorney. And I'm scared he's making a deal without me ever advising. So go on, Greg. Well, whatever Sandy's motives were, we found ourselves sitting in the bar of the San Francisco airport, waiting for our plane to be called, and that's when the story really began. I remember as we sat there down in an extremely smooth ferry that I was in a singularly terrible. No, Sandy, there are only two things I just like about airplane travel. Well, what are they? First, they allow you to smoke nothing but cigarettes. This is the last chance I'll have to enjoy this magnificent outsized hunk of dryer until we land at Chicago. Well, the fact that you make the other passengers very happy. Oh. Uh, what's your second thing? That you're not allowed to date the stewardesses. They're always extremely delectable. I get so lonely up there in the crowd. Oh, you do all right. 
I wipe out this delightful artificial rosebud I just stole. The same napkin. Now to the comparison. Hmm. It's exactly the same shape, and this oh, that doesn't really prove she's among the rest of notes. I admit that it is an unusual shape of lipstick, but a hundred different girls might easily be using true. true. In fact, it doesn't really prove the note was written by a girl. A man could have taken a girl's lipstick and used it. Oh, you should just have to apologize. Yes, you're darn right it is. There's so ugly going on in this thing, and I'll lay you dollars for a large pack of donuts. But little Miss Goldilocks back of us is Miss Stephanie. Yes, you sure will. I'll let you take care of it. <laughs> okay, Sandy, one of us is enough. I'll stay away, so I'm not quite certain what for. No, Mr. Hood. Please wake up, Mr. Hart. Landing. Oh, really? I knew you were an answer to talk to them. I hope you're not there. I'll do my best. What happened? The girl putting two seats behind you has been robbed as she slept. The honey-colored girl with the diamond pendant? Yes. Only a pendant no longer contains the diamond. Stolen, huh? Yes. I know you can call her and she's upstate in New York. I see. By the way, what's your name? Jane. Jane Martin. Oh, tell me, Jane, there's a terminal collar on the plane. What's his destination? Chicago. How far out of Chicago are we now? Nearly an hour. Oh, now we have to work that. Let's go and talk to Miss Shaw. How are you today, Jane? She's waiting in the gallery next to the rear of the cabin. Hello, I, I hear you're in trouble. Yes, the diamond from Kevin's my opinion. And, Mr. Hood, I'm sorry I said busted you earlier on. Oh, it's all right, Jerry. My approach must have seemed a little startling. May I look at the pendant? No. Well, you see, the diamond's tied out of its setting. The Greek, anyway, would only take me seconds. When did you go to sleep, Miss Shaw? About an hour ago. And you're sure the pendant was intact, then? Yes, Mr. Hood. I went forward from the cabin to turn the magazine. After I come back to my seat, I remember seeing the diamond as I dozed off. Hmm. Jane, do you remember how many people on this plane passed Miss Shaw's feet in the last hour? Well, I only noticed two. The gray-haired lady sitting up in front, and Colonel Powerful, the man you were asking about. Oh, well, I'll have a little talk with him. But before I do, I want to ask you to look at this note, Terry. As you see, the message on it is scribbled in lipstick of the exact shade that you're using. Yes, the turmoil. You didn't write that, Terry? No, I certainly didn't. That's odd. Well, before we start disturbing any of the other passengers, I'll have to talk with Colonel Powerful. I know you're a phony. And Jane, you pretend to be preoccupied with your coffee jug. I don't want him to smell a rat. Thank you, Mr. Hood. Colonel. Colonel Did you address me, sir? Yes. Oh, it is Mr. Gregory Hood, my friend from the airport. Sit down, sir. I can't, Colonel. I need your help. My help, sir? A man's fainted in the restroom. I can't get him out by myself. I wonder if he'd come back there and give me a hand. Why, of course, sir. Colonel Colonel, Virginia has never wanted to refuse a helping hand, sir. Thank you, Colonel. Colonel, I do hope that... Oh, there's no one here, sir. Just the two of us. It's 
cozy about that, gentlemen. Mr. Orso, this is an outrage. You all is two gentlemen, and you all is no governor. You all is a jewel thief. If I were a younger man, I'd pay a thing to get it and tell me where you hid in the ice. I'll repeat, sir, you're not going to play ball, you fugitive from central casting. I'm going to search you. As you pointed out, I'm younger than you all are, and I don't think you can do anything about it. Yes, I can, Owen. I'm going to go, Yeah, you're not very handy with that gun, are you? Thanks, I'll take care of it. Why do you wear a cold holster when you can't draw that? What do you want, Hood? Ah, goodbye, Virginia, Brooklyn, and here I come. I want Miss Shaw's time. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, reach. Reach up your hands. That's it. Now turn around. Now start your expertise, brother, and don't bother to get coy about it. Come on, come on. I'll give you a coat and offer that to me. Yeah, thanks. Well, somebody's going to teach you a lesson one of these days. I regard my school as adequate, thank you. Now the best. Okay, Hood. You win this time. Diamonds in the best pocket. So it is. By the way, Colonel, what's your real name? John Joe. What an unusual monitor. What are you going to do? I'll return this diamond to Miss Shaw, the rest of the firm. Now I'll leave you to make yourself a little more presentable. I'll keep your revolver. Don't try and run away, will you? We're about two miles above the earth, you know. David Hood, the country unit doesn't appeal to me. Why, Colonel Tolliver, sir, you all is no California Sauterne. Ah, yes, a glass of Petri Sauterne and chicken fried to a crispy and brown, or roasted with a savory stuffing. What a combination. 
Pepsico turn, you know, is an unusual white wine, beautifully golden in color. And what a flavor that Pepsico turn has. Subtle, intriguing, really delicious. Believe me, you don't know how good chicken can be, or for that matter, how good fish and seafood can be, until you serve them with Petri Sauterne. And just make sure it is Petri Sauterne, because all Petri wines are good wines. Well, Greg, you had me fooled there. You thought your story was nearly over. You said there were two diamonds involved. Yes, Harry, and one of them was still at large, the one that I'd seen originally in Miss Shaw's pendant. But why did she claim the wrong diamond is her? That's what I had to find out, Harry, and that's why, as we filed out of the plane for a half an hour stop at Chicago, I tapped the supposed Colonel Pollock on the shoulder. Uh, leave me alone, Harry. You won't talk to you. You've got nothing on me. My friend here is an attorney. What do you say, Sandy? Well, maybe we can get him on time and conceal weapons, eh? You guys lay off of him. Tell me one thing, my fine, furious Virginia ham. You know darn well that the diamond I listed off you was not stolen from that girl. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yes, you do. But once I found it, you didn't protest. Obviously, it's true, Origin. won't bear going into it. But why did the girl... I better leave me alone. I don't know anything. Well, the last would be the Colonel. From Chicago's his destination. But the girl is going on to New York. Somewhere between here and there, I'm going to get to the bottom of all. Oh, great. Leave well enough alone. We were probably wrong and was the same down. Ah, oh, Sandy, all my bloodhound instincts could work. And meanwhile, though, I take advantage of being on terra firma again, like this pipe. <laughs> hey, uh, what's going on over there? Looks like a pipe. Come on, Sandy. <laughs>
Here's the warehouse. Now, you can just hide out and get them back with us. Come on, then. Go ahead, easy, Ron. Yes, now, keep it handy. I'm afraid he's going to be a little frustrated when he sees us again. Uh, this is keep the shack, please. Yes. And no lights on. Maybe he's not coming here after all. They might have driven around to shake off anyone taking them. And we've got no time. Could be. But uh, don't take any chances. Come on, please. Uh-huh. Hmm, front door is locked. It's only gone. I know, yeah. They can lift the lower trash. There we are. Now, I mean, I think it's easy. I'm making it now. Yeah. I'll try to make it. Keep it below the level. We don't want to advertise our presence. Well, I guess this is what passes for the living room. Let's sit down and wait for me. Here's the car now, Brent. Hmm? I'm turning into the office. Yes, come on. We've turned this perfectly, Sandy. Put your gun, Henry. It's pointing straight at the front door. Quite small, Jake. I ring your eyes and this good guy feeling pretty darn stupid right now. <laughs> he doesn't feel so bad for an ice pizza. Good. Up with your hands, you all. We're going to prefer charges this time, pizza. A little matter of assault at the airport. How did you cut me? I have an overdeveloped bump of location. And now, boys, you can tell us the way to the nearest police station. And I'm sure you won't need a street guide to do it. <laughs> As it is, it's time for a drink. What a drink. Well, I'm glad to share it. Two dry jerry, please. Yes. Oh, Greg, you still think there was another dime? I know there was, Sandy. Well, where the heck is it? This on you. Well, hello, look who's coming in. Oh, well, it's Charles. Oh, Gregory, you really are wonderful. I sure the trouble you got my first bag. Yes, Terry, and the diamond. Oh, uh, do you care for a drink or is not loading for ten minutes? What do you want, Terry? I'll have a chance. Make that three sherry, please. Uh, I think we shall. That blow didn't hear any visitor, Danny. Well, I think I just saved the flight. Well, let's say my chin's awfully sore. Oh, I'm glad you're all right, Terry. Oh, uh, Sandy, do you have some tobacco? Uh-huh. Yeah, I missed all this excitement. I forgot to have that pipe I promised myself. That's fine for at least a third of a pipe full before we get on the plane. Before you like that monstrosity, I've got a reward to give you for getting my bag back. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you get a moment, Mr. Aren't you afraid of shocking the barkeep, Terry? That's back, Terry. Come around, Sandy. This is interesting, Miss Shaw. Your lips might make a man forget almost anything. I think it's a little odd that the girl I'm kissing should reach for the pipe in my breast pocket. What are you talking about, Liz? You soon see. I'll smoke that pipe now, at last. But, Gregory... Yes? Well, I... No, don't worry, darling. The heat won't damage your diet. Well, Greg, what do you mean? Look, it's the result of my fondness for outside pipe bowls. See what's been hiding here, Sandy? <laughs> 
If you were to down here, there's this cunning young lady went to the front of the cabin to return a magazine, she said. Actually, she kept the diamond out of its setting, hid it in the bowl of my pipe while I was sleeping, and then the bottle was stolen. You must have made it a clever girl. Oh, it's brilliant. Too bad your cleverness has led you on the wrong side of the law. Yes, the principle of what I would think what she accomplished. The searching of the colonel and the acquisition of his diamond. And she did write that message in lipstick. Sure, she put the finger on the colonel, knowing that he'd thereby become the first suspect. The prettiest hijacking trick I've ever seen. I was rather proud of it. You knew that Tisa was carrying the loot from San Francisco to Chicago, and you devised this plot whereby I, in person, could lift the loot from him and return it to you. And you were using the one that she took out of the pendant and hid in your pipe while you were free. She knew that she'd intrigued me sufficiently to find an opportunity to get it back before I discovered it. Don Abdel, you ruined a beautiful plot. Mm. And many women in all my experience in law, I've never seen such an incomplete calculation. Or you're in the deceased. Have you no conscience? Absolutely none. What are you going to do, Greg? The original diamond is presumably yours. You may keep it here. The other diamond, the one I listed from Keith, I shall return to the San Francisco police. Doctors, they'll know where it came from. And what are you going to do? Not me. Sandy, you're my attorney. I imagine we can prosecute, can't we? Oh, yes, we can. But uh, I know what happened. Hmm? She simply says she made a mistake in identifying the jewel. Smile at the jury. Cross the legs a couple of times and walk out. Is he grateful? Oh, yes, thank you. Well, you ask me what I'm going to do with you, Terry. I'm neither a representative of the law or a moralist. But if you do get away with this, I warn you, I shall be on your trail. Well, I'm telling you. Crime really doesn't pay, darling. I'll make it my mission to prove that fact to you. In the meanwhile, I'm going to drink a toast to you. I pledge the good fortune which has presented me with such an ingenious and attractive criminal antagonist. It's been fun talking forward with you. Thank you, sir. It's about to be to return and And I shall drink to the amazing good fortune that has enabled Gregory Hood and Company to be successful. When it's headed by sentimental idiots. Amen to that, Brandon. Well, sorry, Greg, but, uh... Say, do you really think you're clear again? Absolutely. There was one little thing I did to make sure of it. You wouldn't by some chance mean that bit of romancing you handed out as a surefire way to bend it back. Harry, that's the obvious way. Okay, you were more subtle. Well, what? It's only my deep friendship that leads me to setting things up for you like this, Harry. Remember that drink I bought her? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't ice water, old man. <laughs> smart stuff, Gregory. And if she's as smart as she seems, she knows that the Petri wine you undoubtedly bought her is good wine. Why, it's got to be. Look at the long years of skill and experience that go into its making. The Petri family has been making wine for generations. Wine making is their heritage. A heritage handed down from father to son, from father to son. So you can see why the Petri business has grown and grown so that today the Petri family are America's largest independent winemakers. Yes, the making of Petri wine is a family affair, and the Petri family has every intention of keeping it just that. So you know the name Petri on a bottle of wine is more than a trademark. It's the personal assurance for the Petri family that Petri wine is and always will be good wine. 
Greg, what page is the case that you're trying to keep an update for? A page that has the heading, The Adventure of the Venerable Fogden. It concerns a certain hilarious convention that took place in San Francisco, and a strange series of happenings that lead a crooked trail to murder. See you next Monday, Greg. And a Monday after that, no doubt. Harry, what do you suppose you'll be doing ten years from now? Oh, uh, what? Oh, don't mind me. I was just musing about all the people who have their dreams realized ten years from now. You know, a college education for their children, or a new home, or maybe a trip abroad. A rich uncle. Exactly, Harry. A rich Uncle Sam who's going to pay them four dollars for every three dollars they put into savings bonds today. Really, I can't think of a better way to invest your money than in United States savings bonds. Good night. <laughs> composed and played by Dean Foster. Neil Gordon plays the part of Gregory Hood, and Sanderson Taylor is played by Howard McNeil. Welcome back. When John J. Malone, uh, who listeners to this program for, I think, more than uh, three months, will recognize as the star of the previous of a previous show uh that we just had on earlier this season when that character came in i was like what um but it's not all that uh far-fetched given that uh anthony boucher was a very noted mystery critic so he probably would have had no problem getting craig rice to uh sign off on uh, john j malone getting a uh guest appearance of course it wasn't by any of the radio actors to play malone on a regular basis because the john j malone radio series started over another network and about five months later and for those who are a little bit newer to the series uh john j malone was a subject of uh of nearly 200 uh, american radio shows and another 50 australian radio shows plus several movies and a series and was uh, at this base a series of books written by craig rice the other thing that was uh, interesting was gregory hooding that he could only smoke uh, he could only smoke uh, ci- uh cigarettes on the plane uh which I guess contrasts with today, uh, where you can't smoke at all. Um, I don't know if I could, could, uh, travel on a plane with, uh, smoking myself. So I'm not, uh, nostalgic for those particular days, but just kind of an interesting contest or contrast, excuse me. All right. And that brings me to listener comments and feedback. And, uh, uh, we start off with, uh, uh, Diane, uh, who uh, writes in, uh, first of all, she sent me a check for the listener support and a handwritten note. Uh, thanks, Adam, for all of the great um, old-time radio shows. Uh, my iPod is happy with all of your selections. And uh, then she uh, replied back, said, she says, I've enjoyed your program for quite a while. Um Bought the iTunes app as soon as you made it available. Thanks for all of your 
uh, time that you put into the shows, I do notice one thing in listening to podcasts, and that is that people listen to shows through 2013 eyes. And that certainly uh, isn't how the world was. I'm a child of the 50s and the 60s. We didn't notice the cigarette uh, commercials as that was normal in that day. Uh, they were on TV as well. Well, that's a good point, Diana. I do definitely appreciate the point of view. And I think any time we listen to the these uh, programs, we have to kind of as much as we can maintain that uh, perspective. When we do tune in to these programs, we're guest in another time. Now, obviously, though, I, I think there are some things that, even with that, are kind of hard for uh, us to appreciate being, you know, looking at it through 2013 eyes. But if we have too much of that, it really makes it hard to uh, enjoy uh, some of the more interesting works that were uh, produced. Uh, and I'm talking about in any medium. I knew uh, I was on a forum on Goodreads and a person could not relate or in, even enjoy the Nero Wolf stories because she just could not relate to the thinking of the times or be able to deal with that um, it would just, you know, bother her too much. And that, I think, is definitely unfortunate. But I appreciate your remarks. Jennifer says, uh, please keep your... Uh, doing your wonderful shows. Listening is one of my favorite parts of my day. Thank you for all your hard work and effort you put into what you do. And Craig says, I love your Great Detectives podcast. I listen uh, to it every night, uh, listen to it every night for the last three years. Keep up the great work. Thanks so much, Craig, and uh, do appreciate your kind comments. And that will do it for today. We will be back tomorrow with Here Comes McBride, and then join us on Tuesday when we'll have a new Gregory Hood. In the meantime, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.